Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Jason Hicks. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, Go Brand Go, The Tom James Company, Enterprise Bank and Trust, and Edward Jones. And now to this week's episode with Jason Hicks. Jason Hicks, welcome to the ST Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. This is uh, exciting. Absolutely. Well, we were introduced by a friend of mine, Macy. And so I'm excited to kind of have you on the show and talk to you about uh, your organization. So I always start with my guests. I ask them to kind of walk me through or tell me their story of growing up and what led you to starting your organization, OsteoStrong. Yeah, so... Uh, while I wasn't born in St. Louis, I'm relatively, um, you know, I was, I was raised here, you know, from all of, you know, the earliest memories that I've got and everything. So grew up in North County um, and was always kind of an overweight kid, not real healthy, um, you know, did well in school and everything, but I always had some issues with uh, just health like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I noticed it, you know, kind of at a, a younger age. And one day coming home from school, um, I saw a, uh, a makeshift bench press that somebody had thrown out in their trash. It was made out of two by fours. It had an old piece of carpet that was uh, stapled or nailed to it and everything. So I drug this thing down the street to my room, back home and, and into my room. And I convinced my parents to get me um, uh, a weight set that was, uh, it was from Kmart and it had like the hollow bar and it was filled up with sand, you know, those, those, those plastic discs. And, um, and I just decided to, to try to give it a shot, you know, so this was about middle school when, when this happened and, um, you know, I didn't really notice a change. I mean, when it, it, you know, you've, you've talked to enough people and, you know, I've, over the years I've trained a lot of people, um, anything that you do with your body, it takes some time to, to actually notice those changes. It's, it's, it's slow. It's, it's, you know, progressive. And, um, so I, I went back to school the following year and people actually didn't even recognize me. So it was, uh, but, you know, aside from the, the look, I mean, it was just, it was so different from going from, a. a, a, a uh, like a PE class where you get, you know, A's in all your classes, but you get a B in PE, which was kind of the gimme class. That was the gimme A to, 
you know, being able to, to excel in sports and to, to feel better and to look better. And, you know, just the big thing was, you know, just like running down the street or, or walking up the stairs with your friends. And, you know, it's like, I remember my cheeks used to shake when I was overweight and I would run and, uh, and it was, it bothered me because I would get all flushed and everything. And, <laughs> and I got to the point where I wasn't out of breath. I felt good. And uh, that was kind of the, the moment that I, that I really took it to heart and, um, you know, I just kept up with it and I, and I got more involved with, you know, the lifestyle and, you know, healthy eating and, um, you know, different types of exercise and everything. So how does that lead to OsteoStrong? Um, and I, I sort of take a roundabout way to get to, you know, any, anything I'm talking about. So, um, but I'd, I had been in the IT security field, you know, um, starting from the military and always kind of knew that I would get into something with regards to health and wellness, but a gym just didn't seem like a fit for me. There's so many gyms out there and there's some fantastic ones. Um, even now, you know, there's just, and everyone's got their niche. So, uh, when I learned about OsteoStrong and I was actually at a, uh, a Tony Robbins, uh, event, uh, seminar there. Um, it was, it was just one of those epiphany moments. The, the CEO of the company, uh, was up on stage of OsteoStrong there towards the end of the seminar, and he was talking about it and talking about the science and the technology, and and uh, it just resonated. You know, I've had a um, a technical background. I, you know, I've got this this passion for health and wellness, and it just clicked. It was yeah. just one of those things. It's like this is different. You know, it's it's a profound change that you can make in your body, and anybody can do it. It's, uh, it, it was just an amazing thing. So I took this information home, researched it. Cause I'm like, you know, maybe it's too good to be true. Who knows? And, um, you know, next thing you know, I'm all in. So that's, yeah. that's kind of how I how you got started there. the journey. at least. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us, you know, about your organization, Osseo Strong, where you guys are located and what you guys do. Yeah. So we are actually located in Clayton, Missouri. And, uh, if, I know Straubs is like a big landmark. Uh, area in downtown Clayton. So we're right across the street, right across um, Maryland on the corner of Maryland and Forsyth. So that's where we are. Osteo Strong is a, uh, we, we describe it as a wellness center. It's a health and wellness center that helps people of any age, any physical ability to um, grow bones. You know, that's, that's the, the primary thing. So it sounds simplistic, but what happens is, you know, when you when you focus on that foundation of your health, you know, you're you're getting so many um, other benefits. So your your red blood cells, your white blood cells, all are created within bone tissue. So you want healthy bones. Um, osteoporosis is, you know, sometimes considered uh, a silent disease. A lot of people don't know that they have it as they age, until you know they're starting, you know, things are starting to break. So we're helping people with osteoporosis um, at, at any age, even up into their 80s and 90s. We're helping athletes uh, prevent injury by focusing on their bone strength. A side effect of the, the process that we go through with our proprietary equipment and our, and our one-on-one training is muscle strength. You know, it's, it's helping with those connective tissues like the tendons and ligaments. So it's your whole musculoskeletal chain that's benefiting from this. Then we also have, um, you know, equipment there that's helping with balance and posture 
you know, we've got um, equipment that helps with pain, uh, pain reduction or, or elimination. So it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we do there, um, including some personal training that is just, it's, it's different than what you're going to find at other places, you know, like gyms and wellness centers. Absolutely. So when did you start your, your organization and tell us about maybe some of the challenges uh, of starting a business? Yeah, so we actually started, we opened up in oh, right at the beginning of 2018. So we've been there, um, so, you know, some of the challenges, just the logistical challenges that I'm sure a lot of different companies, you know, um, go through, you know, it's just, and somebody like myself, I'd, I'd never been a business owner, but never been through the process. So, you know, regular stuff like finding a location and, you know, trying to get your equipment in and doing the design, the construction and hiring people, all those, you know, all those finer points. Um, and, you know, just like what to do next. You know, there's all these things that, that come up, you know, as, uh, as you're just trying to do a good job and, you know, you, you have to focus on those people and, you know, kind of remind yourself that you're doing it because, you know, the, the hours turn, turn into days, into weeks and, months yeah, and, and you're still plugging along and um and it's uh it, it's good it's challenges that are that are in there yeah um you had a second part of your question yeah like what were some of the challenges when you were you know starting the business so you know from a to your point you come from a, with a military background which we're going to get into here in a little bit but how did you know where did you lean did you find mentors did you find people that had done this before because there's a lot of people who have ideas of how to start a business and and um, they have this passion or desire to start a business but they don't even know where to start or where to begin so sounds very similar to you so where where did you start where did you begin how did you do it Oh yeah. So, so I am stubborn, quite honestly. You know, I, uh, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't go, you know, I just, it was trial and error, trial and error and trial and error. I knew other people who are opening osteo strong centers at the, at the time, uh, cause it is a franchise it's worldwide. And, uh, I ended up helping them and we just kind of struggled through it together in, yeah. in many cases. So it's good that you had that support from, you know, other, other partners and other people that were in similar positions as you were. Right. Right. It, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it was uh, just that evolution. It's just like, you know, um, I, I think sometimes with a small business, it's um, analogized as a child. And, sure. you know, you just see that child grow and evolve and change and, you know, you make the adjustments and, and that's one of the big things I've learned about business is, um, it kind of honestly drove me a little crazy at the beginning was it's not just one and done. You know, when you're doing something, you're, you're always making these constant adjustments here. You're, you're making the constant changes. You're, um, redoing things, doing it better, doing it differently the next time. And it's, it's just a process. There's always something going on, always something to do. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned in the beginning of this episode that, you know, you have some military experience. So talk to us about really how your military background has helped um, from a business perspective. Yeah. So I started off in the Marine Corps at the very bottom and um, I was a cryptologist, you know, in the Corps back in the 90s. Um, I ended up commissioning, you know, several years later, uh, actually on the Navy side. So there was a lot of changes, you know, from the, from the beginning to current day. I'm actually still serving the, the Navy reserves as an officer, cryptologic warfare, warfare officer today. Um, and throughout that time, you know, and, the, and we're talking over 20 years, um, 
I've seen a lot of different types of leaders. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ideologies, methodologies for leadership. You know, you've got your heavy handed leaders, you've got the, you know, people who kind of guide you through it and, you know, who gather in all the information from people and they, they want to ask, you know, different things. And um, I guess one of the things that I've learned is, um, you know, it's different things are, you know, there's not one perfect fit you know, different leadership styles are going to work for different people um, amongst different audiences and subordinates. And um, that's something that I've had to, to, to learn as I've gone through. It's been very helpful. Sure. Um, leadership is, uh, there's a lot of different components of it. And, um, you know, I've seen uh, a, a lot of the podcasts that you've had on here. I've read, you know, a number of books. I mean, it was just you know, leadership, I think, is something that's, you know, there's a, there's a, um, I guess, an idea that I have whenever it comes to leadership. And it's not just a, uh, again, like a one and done. It's it's a journey. You know, the, there's, there's this thought that some people are born leaders and some people are created leaders. And, and I, I personally believe that, you know, there's, there's leadership traits that everybody embodies to some degree. Um, if you have kids, you're a leader. If you have, you know, um, a younger um, sibling or, you know, if you have actual subordinates in the military or if you've got, you know, a crew of people that you work with, you manage people, you know, so everybody in some form or fashion is a leader and everybody can get better. So, you know, between all the books you can read, um, you know, there's, I think the first one I started off with was um, Seven Habits of, of Highly Effective People. You know, Stephen Covey, and this was, God, 25 years ago or so that I first read this book. And there's so many other great books out there and so many different twists on it. And then you see different, you know, you read enough of them and you, and you see similar concepts and everything from, from one book that's taken and massaged a little bit and it's put into another one. And, um, and I, I think there's a lot to be said for that, but it's, there's, there's so many different things that you can embody um, you know, it'd be interesting for, to have somebody interview you after all the people that you've talked to. Um, well, that's the fun of this podcast, you know. right? Is I get to, I get to pick everybody else's brain and apply it to my, to my leadership and my role. <laughs> it's like yeah, free it's, advice. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So, you know, speaking of your military background and, you know, seeing all these different type of leaders that you got to see in the military, right? Have there been any leadership um, styles that were maybe in the military that you've applied to your leadership style with your organization today? I would say mine is more of a blend. You know, yeah. I, I, I want to see, um, you know, what's going to be effective in the different areas. So I, I, I'm not the type of leader that's going to come in, you know, really heavy handed, but um, you know, because I know that I don't have all the answers, you know, there's a lot of experience that people have, you know, they, I think that's the, the advantage of um, uh, diversity that, you know, is, is touted, you know, just in pretty much every facet of, of America these days. And um, there's so much value to it because, you know, you, you're not going to have all the answers, you know, I mean, as a leader, uh, in my organization, and, you know, I'm both a leader in the military, you know, as the operations officer in my unit, as well as being a, you know, um, a business owner. And I know that the, at the bottom line, you know, the decision is going to, 
often be in my hands, but I think I would be remiss and I, it would be a disservice to those around me to not take their input. You know, so I always want to make sure that I've got that policy and I'm, and I try to be as approachable as possible to, yeah. um, to, to just make sure I'm doing the best for both myself and the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Let me, let me ask you this. So, you know, you, as we kind of talked about earlier in this episode, you had a, a background not owning a business and then, then you did it, right? If there is a college student or a young professional listening to this episode that has aspirations of being a business owner, what advice would you give them? Yeah. Wow. You know, um, I think the first thing I would do is I would sit down and talk to them and, you know, ask them what their passion is. You know, why do they want to do this? Um, they have so many different advantages, you know, than, than somebody like me. I mean, I'm 47 years old now. And, um, you know, if you've got somebody who's, you know, say 20 years old, 22 years old, they have, um, they usually have like a high energy level. There's, you know, they their, their mind is just, you know, like exploring these different options and things all the time. Um, and really they've got time on their side to be able to make mistakes and learn from them. And, and there's a resiliency that's, um, that's just like baked into that. Yeah. And uh, so, so what I would say is find out what you're really passionate about and, you know, explore that, do your research, find a mentor. Um, and, and, and age is on their side. <laughs> and, and really it is. Um, you know, I, yeah. I think that when, you know, there's, I, I know whenever I was younger, I didn't think that I was just like, you know, all these, these older people, they had the advantage because they've got the experience and they know what they're doing. And, and, you know, just after so many years of living, <laughs> you find out that's not always the case. I mean, there's right. some people who just, you know, I don't know how many times I've, I've read in, um, you know, biographies or autobiographies, all the challenges that really successful people have. And it's fascinating to me. Um, and I think one of the things that makes famous and successful people, uh, famous and successful is the fact that they have had diversity and they've overcome it in some, you know, they've had some sort of diversity, whether it's, you know, in their, um, you know, business or sport or their, their mechanism of success or something that's personal or a family thing or a physical disability or something like that. And they've been able to overcome that. And they've, they've, you know, they come out shining on the other side. Well, yeah. And I also would say, you know, um, you got to look at from a risk reward perspective, if you're, you know, 60 years old and you're really thinking about starting a business, you have a little bit more to lose um, being a six year old and you're investing in retirement or whatever it is, or second mortgage on your house to start a business. If you're 25 years old, right out of college and you go to start a business and for whatever reason that would fail, you still got a lot of time to make that up. Right. So you got to look at it from a risk reward perspective. Um, but I would agree with you that, you know, find what it is that, you know, makes you want to get up in the morning and what your passion is. Um, and, and research that and, and talk to people who are in that profession, just kind of like you did when you were, you know, starting OsteoStrong, you had, you know, other OsteoStrong owners that were um, in the same boat that you were. And so you were able to kind of utilize that experience and that leadership to kind of help propel you. You know, I'd ask you on the flip side, if, you know, if there's a, a, a CEO listening to this podcast, um, what is one thing you would tell them that, you know, as a leader of their organization that they should always kind of keep in mind? Wow. You'd, you know, you'd really think that a CEO of an organization kind of has all the answers, but, um, <laughs> you know, humbly, I would, you know, I, I would say that, uh, 
if I were in their organization, I would ask and, and hope to remind them that they're in it for the right reasons. You know, that they're, in, in my opinion, the right reasons is for the people around them. Yeah. Um, there's so many leaders that, I, I, that I've experienced, you know, in my life who I feel like they've sort of gotten to a point where they've forgotten what they're there for. Um, you know, there's people who get promoted to a level of uh, incompetency, and I'll and I I don't mean that rude, but I mean it's it, it's you do well on a job, and then you get a bump up, and and then at some point, you know, some of these people they just they're not doing well at that job, so that's where they stay. So that's kind of where I'm I'm heading with that, and you know, they're so worried about getting promoted, they're they kind of forget what they intended to do when they wanted to get that promotion in the first place. So, you know, remember why you're in it. Remember what good you're trying to do by having that, that position of authority. And a lot of times I believe that's taking care of the people around you. Yeah, I absolutely. think, um, you know, the, that's what I really try to do is, you know, it's, it's like my, my general manager at OsteoStrong, um, you know, Dr. Josh Carter, he's a great, great guy. And if he needs something, I try to jump on it. I mean, you know, he works for me, but really I'm, I'm trying to work for him and make sure that he's got everything he, he needs to, to be happy and productive and, and get the job done on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, kind of to your earlier point, you know, just because you're a CEO doesn't mean you have all the answers. And I think some of the best CEOs and the best leaders are the ones that surround them with people that are smarter than them, that are uh, more educated in that specific field. And then they lean on them with their expertise to guide them in the direction. A good leader is a person who can serve who can get the right team on the bus in the right seats and let them excel in the, in this position that they're, that, you know, that they're in. And so I think that's a very good point that you brought up. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Well, Jason, you know, I always end this podcast by asking my guests to leave us with one single piece of advice. So whether that's on health and wellness or whether that's on being a business owner or whether that's just on life itself, what kind of advice would you leave to anybody listening to this episode today? Um, keep moving. You know, keep moving. And I, there's so many, you can take that in so many different ways. Um, you know, our bodies are made to be moved. So, you know, if you, if you think you can't do something physically, um, ask yourself why, you know, find something else to do, but, you know, keep moving there, keep moving whenever it comes to your journey with leadership, keep moving whenever it comes to, you know, your relationships, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't want to stagnate. You don't want to fall short. You don't want to fall off the path. Um, you know, leadership is, is like I, you know, um, like I spoke briefly about before, I, I think it's a journey and, um, you know, whenever you keep moving that way, it's, uh, you know, you're just bound to get better. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what we're made for. So absolutely. That's, that's my humble advice. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I think that's a great piece of advice. I think to your point, you can use the, use that keep moving term, uh, in, in, in a lot of ways to, to your point your health and your wellness or your relationships, your job, your, your life in general, your faith, whatever that may be. Um, I think keep moving and, and making yourself stronger in all those areas only makes you a better person. So I, I appreciate that advice. And so on behalf of the STL leaders podcast and myself, Jason, I appreciate what you're doing with Osteo Strong. I appreciate you being a great STL leader coming on our show today to talk about kind of your business and, and your advice for all of our aspiring leaders out here in St. Louis. So thank you. Thanks very much, Brian.